am Emily and I wish I knew more about how to let go of a shift after I finished. Hi, my name's Joseph and I wish when I started I'd learn more about how to communicate with patients, family and friends. Hi, my name's Lily and I wish I knew more about dressing selection for wound care. Hello, welcome to Five Things, the nursing podcast from the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital. My name is Liz Crow. I'm Jesse Spur, and this is a podcast by, for, and with the amazing nurses and health professionals in our corner of the world. We hope to connect with a global community as we move from surviving to thriving. Welcome to Five Things. Hi everyone, my name's Andy Carter. I'm Director of Nursing and Midwifery here at Royal Brisbane Women's Hospital in Brisbane. Uh, I'm just thrilled to be able to celebrate the career of Kerry Coleman, our nurse practitioner in wound care. Kerry's remarkable career has really inspired uh, and transformed the nurse practitioner model here at Royal Brisbane Women's Hospital. Kerry's been a role model, been an inspiration and been a true advocate for the profession of nursing and has, has trained, taught and inspired countless number of nurses, countless number of physicians and doctors and supported countless number of patients over the, the many, many years of her career. She'll leave us with a, a huge hole, but actually leave us with a, an enormous legacy. So thanks, Kerry, for everything you've done. Enjoy what comes next. And please be aware that you've inspired many and will be loved by, by many for many years. Take care. My name is Liz Crow, And I'm Jesse Spur. And today we've got quite a treat because we are welcoming Kerry Coleman, who is the Nurse Practitioner for Complex Wound Management here at the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital. Welcome. Hi. Hey, Kerry. So we thought we might kick off. Where one of the big things about the podcast is getting to know some of the experts around the hospital that we've got and also getting a bit of an insight into all the different offerings that um, nursing has as career paths. Now, you, uh, I, I guess a good place to start is, like, tell us a little bit about your origin story. Why nursing? How would you get into it? And then what does your lengthy career in nursing look like? Well, nursing first started for me when I was uh, 16 is when I really wanted to do nursing. And in those days, which is a long time ago, um, you, year four was when most people finished their high school and you only went on to year 10 and uh, the, the next uh, two years, year 11 and 12, if you intended to go to university. And I wasn't that clever. So nursing was where I wanted to be, but my father wouldn't let me do it. He um, felt that it was um, I'd be a handmaiden mm-hmm. and, um, and cleaning up people and he just didn't see that that was a fit thing for a young girl to do. So I went to banking, hated every minute of it, hid in the corridors, smoked <laughs> in the corridors, <laughs> did everything I shouldn't do. And then I, I got married, young, 20, and that was my opportunity to, to fly. And so I started nursing when I was 20 and just married. Didn't go all the way planned. Um, so I've grown from there. I've done different types of nursing. I've done um, rehab nursing. I've done aged care. I've done palliative um, in my years um, as a nurse. I did start my training, um, but 
the fun times being young married got in the way and I completed that as an enrolled nurse. Um, I finally got to when my children had gone to school and that was when I thought, this is it. And I went back to university or college in those days. And it was very, very scary because I had to sit an entrance exam and... It was all very difficult, and um, but I did it, and I thoroughly enjoyed that experience. And what I really liked about it was that I'd had all those years of being an enrolled nurse, and I I kind of flew through the, the university because I could picture my patients. Yeah. And I suppose that's what I want to do today, is to help you picture your patients. And so I went through there, I ended up in vascular, loved it. Yes. It just made sense. And I think for any young nurse coming in, you will find your your zen, where you want to be, what makes sense to you in nursing, what you feel comfortable with. And I just loved it. I did ultrasonography there, vascular sonography while I was there. Then I went into emergency and I loved the challenge, who got the best diagnosis first. <laughs> then we moved here and that was 30 years ago. I started in the um, uh, emergency department and then I got um, an extraordinary opportunity to come up into outpatients and uh, work Monday to Friday. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and then I took, uh, I took over the uh, chronic wound clinic and um, from there I just knew. I knew that's where I had to be. Mm. And uh, so I undertook education. I've got my master's. In wound management. Wow. And then um, I created the Skin Integrity Service through different projects and finding funding and finding um, money to get the FTE up to start the Skin Integrity Service. And so it's been really, really exciting. I was a part of the group um, uh, when we first started Nurse Practitioners here at the Royal Brisbane. I was part of the first three. Yep. Um, who uh, did the training, we were supported and then started. So that was in, um, oh, a long time ago, 2007, I started here as a nurse practitioner. Wow. And I guess, you know, one of the things that we really want to highlight is that many of the people who may be listening to this are kind of 25 years or under. Um, You just don't know where this career could take you, do you? Oh, look, no. And I think the one good thing about wound management is that you come across it everywhere you nurse. But it's the understanding of what is abnormal and normal. So if you get into nursing and you get to know your patients really well, you get to know the disease processes and what they're being admitted for, then you really know um, that abnormal disease process for that patient and then you get to see the normal people and then so suddenly you can make those connections of what's going wrong and maybe why their skin isn't behaving the way it is. Mm. I think you do need that time. I don't think wound management is something that you jump into in early career. Okay. I I guess one thing I'd pick up on was I think that's true of any hyper specialization isn't it that you you tend to stumble towards landing in the place that can hopefully eventually be the right fit that's exactly right and i think that as a as young nurses it's having your eyes open for opportunities at all times so putting your hand up 
showing an interest, mm. being involved in what's happening in your ward area. Annoy your annoy the nurse unit manager <laughs> and say, "What can I do for you? Can I attend some of these meetings?" Mm. Do you know it is you know um, one of those things people are often shy to do that because they think that they'll be seen as you know trying to to sneak in and do those things but it's how you grow it's how you make networks I think nursing is all about networks I think it's our networks that help us to grow yeah and I guess the other thing that really jumped out of your story of a a long and very productive career so far is is the different points where you re-educate or yes. extend education yes. um, and not I think it's really easy to feel like we've got to do that all at the front end of our career for this mm-hmm. feeling of somewhere that we want to get to and we don't actually know where that is yes. um, so yeah doing education a little bit at a time that fits with where you are and extends upon exactly. that exactly it's like um, I'm always asked how did you get into where management and what do I need to do and I'll say to people you know um, well first of all just do some light courses just start off with interesting courses plenty out there there's plenty of free ones out there all the companies have them and get an understanding of is this something that actually does does make you happy you know um you know does it make sense to you it has to make sense Mm. if it doesn't do that then you will struggle it's like i can't do stroke nursing Mm. you know i really struggle with it um you know there's so many complexities to it you know, so I think, yes, and not to go straight for thinking of masters. So I did my masters over quite a few years. I started with my grad cert and then I, you know, still had family and I thought, mm, okay, I had a six months break, then I did my grad diploma and then I had another six months break and then I thought, yeah, I will. Um, you know, you don't have to get to that level. Start off with your grad cert, mm. stop. See if that's where you really want to be. I and say. get some more experience, I guess, isn't yes, it? That's right. So Try the, it the out. theory makes more sense. Yes. Mm. Yeah. All right. So let's get to your five things because we're mm. we're quite excited about this. So I, I feel like I've I'm going to learn a lot today. So your number one thing is skin is the largest organ. Check it every day. Can you tell oh, us all about that, please? This is well, I bang on this all the time. Um, you will run around on your ward and you will go racing around looking for a pulse oximeter. And I'll say, so your fingers don't work? And you'll say to me, oh, yeah, but I need the machine to tell me. And I said, but look at your patients, you know, feel them. And I think we forget that the skin is the largest organ. If we don't take care of that organ then the other organs aren't going to flourish. So there's no point in not encompassing that whole skin integrity, skin assessment. And it's probably one of the, sadly for me, one of the the least well done nursing assessment out there. So, you know, could you imagine if we didn't have our skin? We'd be great big blobs. You know, it, it is so important. And how hard is it just to put on some cream on the patient after their shower when their skin's nice and warm and it'll absorb the cream? So remember that 
The skin is the mirror of the soul. It is telling us what is happening inside this patient. It tells us whether they're sad, whether they're mad, whether they're happy. It'll tell us if they're bad. It'll tell us if they're not well nourished. It'll tell us if they're dry, if they're dehydrated. It tells us if we don't have enough oxygen. So, you know, we'll see other signs on our symptoms on on our skin for other disease processes. So just by looking at your patient, touching their skin, and gives you so much information. And I guess not to undermine um, the practice field of dermatology and medicine, (sighs) but... But skin is one of those, in a hospital setting, one of those unique organ groups that is left to nursing, yes, largely. Absolutely. Yeah. You are so right, Jessie. It is, it is our field. Mm. Um, and I think that's why when you look at wound care, um, you don't actually have a, a medical division for wound, um, wound treatments or, you know, nobody owns it as a specialty Um Dr. Smith, who I work with, work, she often used to say, um, this is called woundology. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I do know in Europe um, that there are divisions uh, for wound healing um, where there's doctors and nurses and that sit all underneath that as a separate service. But it just has never tr- transpired. But I must say, it's to the joy of the nurses because by gum we do it well. Yeah, terrific. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have a few more recruited, passionate woundologists uh, after this podcast. I love that. (laughs) I love it too. Number two for you is that the skin tells a story. So why it's important to understand the different layers of skin. What do you mean by that? Look, every patient when you go to do a wound assessment on them will all say, when will this heal? How long is it going to take? Why does it hurt so much? And the story comes from those layers of the skin. So if you understand the three layers of the skin and what each layer does, I don't expect people to understand all the technical terms within that, you know, those layers and and the infinite roles that they all have, but to understand the role of the dermis, the role of the hypodermis, the role of the epidermis, And then you know um, how the body's going to heal. So, for instance, a blister. Most of us will get a blister at some point, especially when we've got shoes that rub. Um, And we kind of think, oh, gosh, it's painful. Why is it painful? Think about what's being exposed once you've separated the epidermis from the dermis so you're exposing all those nerve endings at the end and so that's why you've got pain but when you look at it it heals really quickly because it's only replacing a few layers of skin but if you look into something like a pressure injury that's a bit deeper and so it gets down into the dermis suddenly that wound's not quite as painful as what that blister wound was. So why is this? Well, that's because we've killed. We've lost a lot of those nerve endings. So that feeling is blunted. But we've lost all that tissue. So now we've got to replace that tissue. So going back to that blister, 
the tissue that's lost is only the superficial tissue and it gets replaced. It doesn't have to go through a repair. It regenerates. So it's quick. So that pain doesn't last long. But if you go back to that pressure injury, we've lost all that tissue. Now we have to repair it. And so it takes a lot longer. So from a nursing perspective, we now can educate our patient. Yes, this will take a lot longer. We're going through a different process. Your wound's stuck in this repair phase. And so it's got to do a lot of work. So as a nurse then, when we're looking at our care plans, we've got to optimise their hydration. We've got to optimise their nutrition. We've got to keep them happy. And I cannot tell you how the difference it makes if you give that patient a hug if you touch their hand without your glove on actually touch their skin with your skin you know it releases these hormones in the patient and they just will start to heal if a patient is stressed it will take that wound a lot longer to heal because of all the hormones the the chemicals that they excrete so now, knowing how important the depth of tissue is, you can now educate that patient. It's going to take X amount of time. It's going to be a bit longer. The pain will stop soon. Um, but your biggest risks are this. Think of the infection. The longer it takes to heal, the more likely they can get an infection. They get an infection, it delays the healing, it delays them getting out of here. So can see why I think if you do understand those layers of the skin, how as a nurse you have the most amazing, amazing job of educating and supporting these people through this new issue for them. Wow. <laughs> I'm sitting here absolutely engrossed, to be honest. I, you know, I'd never thought about the skin um, in, in these many and buried ways. And there's an irony, isn't there, that like the blister, you'll feel it come on quite yeah. quickly. Yes. But the importance of checking patients who are particularly bedridden for yes. pressure points yes. because they won't get the pain until it's well and truly yep. a problem. Yes. And, you know... Um, the one thing when I teach pressure injury uh, staging and prevention is that everybody runs around like chooks with their squawking away when there's a great big huge hole. And, and then you come and you say, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And you go, well, why didn't you squawk and flap your wings when it was red? Mm. Because when it was red, we could have turned this around. So... You know, that just, that's really timely to remind us that what the skin appears like when we see those warning signals, we need to work um, at, quickly. At, yeah, really quickly. Yeah, yeah. right. I, look, I'm just sitting here fascinated and not even thinking about the next question. <laughs> um, I, I think it's a, probably a nice segue to go from the, the skin being the story, um, telling the story, into kind of, uh, the your point number three, which is the skin is everybody's business, basically yes. everyone's responsibility. So kind of it's taking that story and actually making it a story that multiple people are part of. Yes, that's exactly right. In our patients, as a nurse, we have um, a privilege. We are probably the person that spends the most time with our patient. 
we really get to know them. We're invited into their world where um, they trust us. They don't know it's from Adam, but they trust us because of what we do. They see us as a nurse and it implicitly applies to them that we are trustworthy. So part of that then gives us that amazing role. I just I just love nursing. That we get to to give back for that trust. And in doing so, we are their advocate. At every point of care in that patient, we advocate for them. Every minute of the day, if we see something not quite right, then we need to do and act upon it. So the skin is no different. So because we are in such this <laughs> incredible position of having so much time with our patient, we see, we see them. You're, you'll look at a patient and you'll think, hmm, something's off. Can't put my finger on it. Maybe they're not quite as chirpy as yesterday. Oh, no, their colour doesn't look quite right. They're very quiet. What's going on? So you have the opportunity just to, you know, sit down beside them and sort of say, are you okay? And then they'll sort of say, just not feeling right. And you will have this feeling. I have it now sitting here thinking that my internal radar is saying I have to do something for this person. Something's not right. I need to do an assessment. So where do you start? Well, you start by visually looking at them. You're looking at their skin. Yeah. Okay. So as that central person that you are the case manager of the patient, you are going to alert the rest of the interdisciplinary team. So you are going to go and chat to your resident. You're going to maybe talk to your clinical leader. You're going to talk to your uh, your um, your team person that's working with you and sort of say, look, you know, Joe's not looking so good or he's, he's different. Can we just all keep an eye on him? And so I think in that way, thinking, remembering that we're that central core person. We're the ones identifying things, bringing it out soon, earlier than anything. It is our responsibility to ensure that everybody has plays their part and has their responsibility. So let's bring this into wound care and skin. You see that you've um, taken off their um, anti-embolic stockings and you see that the heels look a bit red and you think, oh, I'm going to whack a Mepilex heel on there for prevention. That's great. But not just your responsibility. It's the patient's responsibility. Educate them. Your heels are red. They're against the bed. We need to elevate them because if we don't, they're going to break down. Educate them about pressure injuries and how they can prevent it. Have they got a relative there? They're responsible as well. Educate the relative. Go find the medical team. Inform them. Make sure they're aware that these heels are looking like they could break down. It is as much their responsibility as anybody else's to ensure when they're doing their assessment of the patient that they're aware that those heels are going to be a problem. Make sure OT are aware because they'll have to help you with offloading. Physio are going to need to know when they're mobilising them because if their heels are sore, they're going to have issues. Yeah. 
So there's all those different people in the team. Mm. They all have a sense of re- or have a, a a job in that level of responsibility, and we need to make sure we clinically communicate that. Great. Um. So the fourth one is is that you know wounds are not scary. And um, look, I'm a social worker, and I've seen some wounds that I, I think look pretty <laughs> scary over the course of my career. Yeah. Um. What do you mean by that? Like, yeah. and how do you actually keep an eye and and monitor like when a wound becomes scary <laughs> as opposed to the skin's breaking down. Yes. So I, when I sort of say wounds aren't scary, a lot of people either naturally are drawn to wound care and they find uh, wounds uh, are interesting. They're a challenge. You know, let's, what's happening and what, what can I do to change it? Some people don't care for wound care at all. They just don't see it as being important. And so doing a dressing to them is, is, is something that they just have to tick off their list. And there are other people that will actually shy away from wounds. Um, the, they may have had a history with family with wounds that, you know, sort of has set up this thing of where an amputation has occurred or a death related to something or trauma, burns, all these sort of things. And I think um, as a young nurse, if you've never had any exposure to wounds and to wound care, you get very little exposure during your education. And if you were um, doing your clinical um, time in wards that didn't have wound care to be done so you got you you never had an opportunity to see that suddenly now you're out the door you've got your piece of paper you're in a busy ward you're allocated to uh, four beds or six beds whichever it is these days and you're given your handover list bed two has a uh, negative pressure dressing to be done today, um, uh, somebody else has got a skin tear, somebody else, and suddenly you go, you take a deep breath and you panic because you go, I've never done that dressing. And then you think, no, 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 I can do this. And then you go and you look at it and, and you think, oh, no, I can't do that. And and you'll turn around and you may go and try and find a team leader or somebody else that you can sort of say that, I, I don't know that I can do this because you've not been exposed. So what I'm saying to you is when you come to these challenges is just take the deep breath. We have a procedure. It's online. You can look up what you need to do. There is no rush. So look at what the normal process is. Talk to people. I've got a negative pressure dressing to do. I've never done it before. Get some tips. Call Skin Integrity Service and say, look, there's nobody here that can support me. I've never done this. Can you? So there's lots of ways out there. I think you've just got to remember that, you know, that the old the old adage that we've always said, you know, how do you eat an, eat an elephant? And it's bit by bit. So, you know, find support, do it, but... Take it as a challenge. Take take it as a learning. Yeah, a, a chance to to find something you you never know. You might actually really love it. So you should never find um, having to do a wound 
Look, sometimes you'll come across wounds and they're very confronting. So, um, being they can be visually confronting. Visually, can't they? they can be smelly. smelly yeah. Um, I can remember when I was doing my nurse practitioner training and. Um, Professor Muller um, dragged me into theatre uh, with an equitizing fasciitis and, um, yeah, I'll never eat chocolate pudding ever again. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think, you know, they, there are ways about it and, you know, it's really hard when you take something down and it, the odour is that that's so overwhelming, your eyes water mm. and you want to gag, but you don't want to show on your face this mm. to your patient. And that can be very confronting. And you've got to remember we are in a very large, very specialised tertiary hospital. And if it's going to be around, it's going to be here. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, at some point you will come across these wounds. And when you first see them, it can be confronting. It can be scary. And it is all about... Remember to, to take time afterwards and debrief. Yeah. Just say, you know, I, oh, I couldn't do that. I don't think I could cope with that, that smell or, you know, half their bottom's gone or, yeah. you know, or they're, dis- they're changed, they're disfigured, um, especially if it's a female and you're a female or if it's a male and it's a scrotal abscess and it's pretty awful, you know. You can't help sometimes but relate to those things. And um, it's just about a time. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot in that and it kind of gets us towards the last mm-hmm. point. But one thing I really want to pick up on is this idea of, of reframing from threat to challenge. Mm. Yes. And when we perceive it as a threat, we're going to fight, flight yes. or freeze. Yes. And so that can be, that can be as complex as people avoiding doing something mm. because of the perception that it's a threat and using those resources the thing i'd add is don't if you're calling in the big guns calling in the support and the expert expertise that's a learning opportunity so please 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 hang around and learn while it's being done rather than offload it as a task that then the next time it happens you're still going to see it as a threat Yes, that's very, very true. Before we go to the final point, can I ask a question? So my parents are ageing, you know, and I've been around enough to kind of keep an eye on skin things. Is that all the old kind of myth true, like you keep an eye on the length, you keep an eye on the colour, they keep an eye, you know, like is that all true with wounds? Yes. Um, The one thing that we don't do well is documentation with wounds. Um, but, you know, I'm hoping with IMR coming on when we come online that we'll um, have a Metro North image solution for wound care which will allow us to... Like, we've got a, a great clinical imaging group now but we're looking for one where we can get a 3D image so that the wound can be uploaded, we can get the exact measurements of depth and size and uh, tissue type evaluation... And then it gives us objective data. So when you document, it, that's part of your clinical handover yep. and that tells the next person reading your notes um, whether or not there's a deterioration there. And so we do teach, you know, the size of the wound and it doesn't. you don't have to do anything particularly fancy, just the length. So it's – and I always go head to, head to toe – 
and side to side. So you don't go off at an angle or anything, you just go head, your length is from head to toe and your width is side to side. And if you take those measurements and if you write those down, then the next person doing the dressing can say, well, last time you measured it, it was five centimetres by three centimetres and today it's three centimetres by one centimetre. You can clearly, objectively state that wound is is healing. Yes, yeah. yeah. And But if it's grown bigger, then you've got good data to then go back and say to the team, look, I'm, I'm really worried about this wound. The measurements have changed. Or, like you said, what does it look like? So... It's if you can't remember the words of granulation tissue or sloppy tissue, then use colours. Yeah. Just describe, you know. Um, it's gunky and yellow. Yes, or yes. It's, yeah. when I took the, the dressing was covered in thick yellow... Muck. Muck, <laughs> anything. Yeah. But not, please, 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 when you go to say anything about pus, please don't say that it's pussy. Pussy, P-U-S-S-Y. That is not the correct term. It's purulent. Because I will tell you, I will come and ask you what sort of cat was located in the dressing. <laughs> That's gold. So I, I think the um, the documentation segues mm. nicely into it, it's a twist on the theme of point three mm. into that wounds should mm. be cared for the whole team, which is a, a I guess an elaboration on, uh, on yes. that wounds are everybody's responsibility. Mm. Yep, yes. And it's, you know, as much as you don't want to say, um, you know, put fear into anybody, but I learnt a long time ago, we went through a process where a patient died um, from an overwhelming sepsis um, because they had a pressure injury that had been missed Um Well, it hadn't been missed, we'd identified it. But there was poor communication between all the team members. And so the deterioration in that wound, it was a deep, deep tissue injury, um, but he had then um, compartment syndrome forming in underneath the skin. And though we were writing in the notes, the nursing staff were writing in the notes, but the medical team weren't necessarily seeing those notes and so what we learnt from that as a specialty was that we actually have to find people speak to them call them and and I think sometimes as nursing we think oh well they're really busy or I don't have time to do that but they're just as um, important you know they they want to know and they're more than happy for you to contact them so I think it is to remember that um the clinical documentation is important and you need to make it very, very clear. But if there is a change, then you need to verbally update people because um, we don't always understand or read or see. I've always worked on the adage that 24 hours in a, in a chart paper, paper chart, you know, beyond that, there's nothing. Yeah, that's it's a big right. black hole. Yeah, because you've gone past two pages. Anything past two pages, no one reads. Mm. And I, I guess there's like a cognitive conservatism mm. with that. That it, we we work in parallel to a lot of our other disciplinary team mm. or multidisciplinary mm. team. Some of that's by necessity because if we were working alongside each other, we'd get 
maybe one eighth of the work done. Yes. Um, so there is an efficiency and a need to do that a lot of time, but it's recognizing those critical moments when we've got to break that because mm. we've got to go, actually, we need all to be on the same page with this one. Yes. Not with the blister, mm. but with this, this one. one. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I also loved how previously you said, you know, the dietitian has a role with wounds because you need good nutrition or the physio has a role with wounds because they can get people up out of bed. I, I just think that's a really lovely way to look at it. Yes. You know, I generally say to people, all patients need to move. They need to be loved. They need to have a hug. You need to feed them. You need to water them. You need to move them. You need to love them. Yeah. And if you go in every day to your job that you love then and you have this in your head, well, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love them, I'm going to move them, I'm going to feed them, I'm going to water them and, uh, and know that I'm going to do the best that I can for that patient in that day, you'll do a good job. Yeah, terrific. I can't think of a better note to finish on than that. That <laughs> says absolutely everything. So Liz is just going to quickly, for a wrap-up, just summarise those top five things. Look, Kerry, that has been fascinating, but I guess the big five take-home messages is, one, the skin is the largest organ. Check it every single day and check every, all parts of it, isn't it? It's not yes. just what you can see, us lift up arms and look under feet and, and things like that and bottoms. Um, number two, that the skin tells us a story and so understanding the layers of the skin and their different roles will let you know about pain and healing, etc. Three is the skin is everybody's responsibility and I love that you mentioned relatives and patients in that responsibility. Number four, that wounds aren't scary. To call on people who have your expertise when you really need it. But on the whole, you know, people can do this themselves. And number five, you know, wounds should be cared for by the whole team because the skin is everybody's business. Yep. That's it. That is absolutely it. So thank you very much, Kerry. Thank oh, you, Kerry. Thank you for the opportunity. Bye-bye. The Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital Five Things Nursing Podcast acknowledges the Turrbal and Yagara as the First Nations owners of the lands we now tread. We pay respect to their elders, laws, customs and creation spirits. We recognise that these lands have always been places of healing, teaching and learning. We also wish to acknowledge the First Nations people of the lands of our global community.